thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Hi and welcome to another Sunday morning where we're looking at the heroes of faith. We've looked at Abel who pleased God with his giving. We've looked at Enoch who walked with God. And today we're going to look at Noah, uh, a story you may well know from Sunday school, from childhood, a story you may think you know, but actually some of the details maybe you don't. It's worth looking at again. But I want to start by saying this. Barrow is a great place to live. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not saying it through gritted teeth. I'm not saying it for a joke. It's true. Hear me out. We live really near the beach. We live very, very close to places that are beautiful to walk in. We live near the Lake District, which is a place that millions of people want to come. In fact, during lockdown, people from Leeds were traveling at two o'clock in the morning and had to be escorted back away. We have beauty on our doorstep. The pace of life is good and not too stressful. It's not filled with traffic jams. One example, uh, Chris, who came and lived with us from Manchester for a while and worked at BAE, the night before his first day, he had a meeting the next morning at the Dock Museum at quarter past nine. And he said, what time should I set off? Half past eight. And we were like, probably five past nine will do you. It's fine. Because actually the pace of life is good. That same distance in Manchester could easily take half an hour of very slow moving, frustrating stationary traffic. It's much safer than many towns and cities, and so insurance costs are less. The cost of living is better. Even the council proclaim Barrow as where the lakes meet the sea. Sounds much more romantic than it really is. It's a logical place to build boats and submarines. Many people who come to our church are involved in BAE and involving, involved in, in shipbuilding, involved in building submarines. Could you imagine if BAE decided to move their submarine building down to a town in Derby, which is 70 miles from the sea, people would laugh. People would say they were stupid. It would be a waste of money. It would be illogical. Let's remind ourselves, what is the definition of faith? Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So today we come to Noah. Our verse from Hebrews chapter 11 is verse 7, read by Chris Feeney. Thanks, Chris. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Thank you. So Noah was warned about things that had never happened before. We have a very similar situation today, don't we? If someone had said to you this time last year, by the way, in 2020, you won't leave your house from March till May. So buy some shares in Andrex 
don't book any holidays abroad. And do you know what? Look at programming some computer software, call it Zoom and wait for the money to roll in. If I'd have told you that, you'd have probably ignored me completely. You'd have probably thought I'd gone a little bit loopy and you'd have probably thought, what a crackpot. Because something like this has never happened in our lifetime. It is unprecedented. That's the word that keeps getting used, isn't it? Unprecedented. Noah is a hero. That's what he's in Hebrews chapter 11 for. Why is he a hero? He's a hero because he believed God and followed his instructions to the letter. Another two-step instruction. We keep getting those with our heroes. A two-step instruction to be a hero. Believe God and follow his instructions to the letter. He acted on what he was told. I can remember when we were younger in youth groups and also I used it in school. We did an instruction test. It was a piece of paper with about 25 different instructions on it. And the first instruction said, please read carefully all these instructions before commencing. The second instruction might have said, shout out hello. The third instruction might have said, draw a square in the corner of the paper. And it went down like that with lots of little things going on and people shouting out. And throughout the time we did the test, you would hear different people at different stages of the test. But when you got to the very last line of the test, it said something like this. After reading all of these steps, fold your arms and sit quietly. Don't do any of the above. And yet very, very rarely did anybody follow those instructions to the letter because they were so keen to do these simple, meaningless tasks. They were so keen to follow the instructions. Yet the first instruction was read it carefully. It's a bit like when somebody doesn't listen to a whole question before they answer it, isn't it? In a quiz. I don't know who would do that. That would be a really, really crazy thing to do. Uh, Luke was right, though. So God has given us instructions for life in this world. God has given us instructions through his Bible. There's lots of instructions in there, lots of wisdom, lots of things that help us to live life. They are boundaries to show how content we can be. Instead, people have labelled God and the church as killjoys who want to stop our fun. Well, let me put it this way. If you have a toddler in your house and they wanted to play with matches, you stop them, don't you? As parents, you stop them playing with matches. Why do we stop them? Because we say they will get hurt. They could start a disaster. They could start a fire. Well, magnify that on a global, universal scale. And God is the same. He's a good father. He wants to stop us doing things that are going to hurt in the long run. So we need to listen to his instructions because he is a good dad. You could come to church every week faithfully. You could join a connect group. You could be in ladies Bible study. You could come and help at toddlers and you could do even more. But unless we act on what God is saying to us, then what is the point? Unless we follow his instructions, unless we hear what he's saying and do what he asks, there's just no point. Faith isn't coming down to a building. It's building life by following a God who comes down to meet with us. So let's read the beginning of the Noah story in the message version from Genesis. Thanks, Isaac. This reading is taken from Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 to 10. I'm reading it from the message version. God saw that human evil was out of control. People thought evil, imagined evil, 
evil, evil, evil from morning to night. God was sorry that he'd made the human race in the first place. It broke his heart. God said, I'll get rid of my ruined creation, make a clean sweep. People, animals, snakes and bugs, birds, the works. I'm sorry I made them. But Noah was different. God liked what he saw in Noah. This is the story of Noah. Noah was a good man, a man of integrity in his community. Noah walked with God. And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham and Japheth. So there's the beginning of the Noah narrative. For all those of you who are homeschooling at the moment, that's alliteration. The Noah narrative. It's clear that the world has spiralled down. It has spiralled out of control. Evil has taken over. And guess what? It breaks God's heart. What breaks our hearts right now? Maybe it's the fact that people are dying and, and families are broken. That breaks our heart and rightly so. Maybe it breaks our heart that there are people who are isolated and alone, who have nobody to support them. It breaks our hearts and rightly so. Maybe it's people slipping into addiction at the expense of everyone and everything else that they know. Well, all of those things and more also break God's heart because it was never meant to be this way. In Noah's time, it was never meant to be this way. And Jesus, even in the New Testament, quotes and says, just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be again. And God will have to come and, and sort it out and reset. But God decides that the only way to sort this situation out is to start again afresh. And when we read that with our eyes, we sometimes think that's a bit harsh. But actually, how many times have we done that with something of our own? A totally fresh start where we've had to reset everything in order to see proper life begin again. Recently, we've had a few thoughts about our garden after the summer because it's probably about 12 or 13 years old. And it was so lovely and perfect when it was first put in there. Brand new decking, plants, borders to the garden that looked absolutely amazing. There's an advert for somebody who landscapes this, I know. But now it's gone a little bit wild. It's, I'm not a gardener. I haven't been very good at taking care of it. It's gone a little bit wild. The brand new decking would be great because the decking now is a little bit loose. It's a bit wobbly. And actually, if you lean on some of the railings, it, it might be a little bit dangerous. It's not as safe. It's not as nice to look at. So we might have to totally start again. What would that involve? Well, it would probably involve moving some habitats of little animals. It would possibly destroy nests of things. It would possibly damage the homes of small beetles or insects. But it isn't currently what it was meant to be like. So we may have to restart again. We Sometimes the only way to get back on track is to have a fresh start. Otherwise, we humans have a tendency just to go back to the same old, same old, the same old bad habits, the same old situations that were never meant to be. At the beginning, God made everything good. And yet we as humans have this inbuilt ability to self-destruct or to damage and to spoil. And usually that starts with ourselves. However, into the scene walks Noah. Last week we had a Sunday talk all about Enoch and I think there's only about four verses about him and his life story 
Today, Noah gets four chapters. And there's an overriding... I'll say it again. There's an overriding message about him that in the midst of this negative narrative, some more alliteration, we see a ray of hope in Noah. Verse 8 in the message version says, But Noah was different. God liked what he saw in Noah. Noah stood out. That's not always something we like to do, is it? To stand out, to be different. I can remember when I was a teacher, when we had non-uniform days, I always felt really quite sad for the children who turned up in full school uniform because they stood out like a sore thumb. And it must have been an awkward day for some of them. Or maybe it's turning up at a fancy dress party when actually the invite says smart and casual. We once went to a fancy dress party as a family for Liz Bowes and Joel decided without us knowing that he was going to go dressed as an Olympic gold medalist. That's a really worthy costume, isn't it? However, he did choose a gold medal swimmer. So Joel had to spend the whole evening in his trunks with a towel. Probably very ill-judged choice of costume, but he definitely stood out and was different. Why? Maybe because we don't like standing out. We don't like to be different. But you know, standing out can be a real positive. If you turn the words around, you actually get outstanding. And who doesn't want to be outstanding? In fact, there's a joke, isn't there? Why was the farmer regarded as excellent? Because he was outstanding in his field. One sports superstar that you'll know who stood out at a very young age was different. And I'll give you some clues and see if you can guess who that sports superstar is. You could even put them in the comments and see if you can be the first one to get it right. She started her sport at the age of three. Ooh, that's early. She started her training in an inner, inner city setting surrounded by passed out drunks and drug addicts. And she was told to run if she heard a gun being fired. Well, that would actually be quite helpful training if you were a track and field athlete, wouldn't it? But she wasn't. When she first played in any competitive situation, her coach says he had never seen anyone quite like her. She stood out. She was determined. She was focused. She was desperate to win. A little bit like me in a quiz, although I didn't win. It was her dad that drove her on to succeed. And she also has a very talented sister. Do you know who it is? Sierra, Serena Williams. I know they said Sierra, that was wrong, wasn't it? Serena Williams. She stands out now because she has reached the top of her career, but she has stood out all along. She was different because she was determined and talented. Noah stood out. He was different. But why did Noah stand out? Why is he a hero? Verses 9 to 10 say this, that he was good. Simple words, that he was good. That he had integrity in his community and that he walked with God. Just like Enoch last week, he walked with God. Maybe you know the story of Noah from children's books or from Sunday school or from songs. Please take time to read it because it won't take too long. It's Genesis chapter 6 to chapter 9. And you'll realise that it wasn't just about taking two animals on a boat. Actually, there were more. You'll realise that it wasn't just about rain coming down, but it was indeed about water gushing up from the earth. So the rain did come down and the floods did go up. 
But we're here this morning to ask what made him a hero to aspire to be like. There's two verses in those chapters. Genesis chapter 6 verse 22 says, Noah did everything God commanded him to do. And in chapter 7 verse 5, Noah did everything God commanded him. He followed God's instructions, even when it meant that he stood out, even when it meant that he was different to everybody else around him. People must have mocked him. He was asked to build a boat in the middle of a place where there was no water. He was asked to build a boat in a place where they possibly didn't see an awful lot of rain, if any. He was effectively building a boat in the middle of a parched desert land. That's incredible, isn't it? That he would still be willing to do it. In fact, people must have said things. Well, what use is that? Today, you'd say it's like a chocolate teapot or a chocolate fire guard, a boat with no water. What an idiot. People would have thrown insults at him. No, what you're playing at? You're a nutter. Why don't you just give up? Why don't you just pack it in? Crazy Noah, you're just mad. Maybe some of those insults are thrown at us today for believing in a God who saves. Maybe today you've experienced similar comments from people. You're just mad. Why don't you just give up? Why don't you just stop going? It's crazy. You're bonkers. But Noah is a hero because he did what God commanded. He paid attention to detail and he followed God's plans to the letter. I believe along the way he would have told others what he was doing and why. He probably even offered them an escape. He probably told them about the coming flood. He probably told them that the only safe place to be would be in his boat. And yet people just laughed. People turned away because we know that only his family ended up on the boat with him. That's why in Hebrews chapter 11 it says that he condemned the world, which sounds really harsh. But actually what it means is that salvation is very black and white with no grey areas. You're either in the boat that God has prepared or you're not. You're either with Jesus or you aren't. Those that aren't in the boat sadly are condemned to the alternative. It just means a consequence of an action. But the good news is the Bible says there is no condemnation for those who love Jesus. And Noah did what God commanded him. He's a hero because he believed God to be true, even in a world that laughed and mocked. He chose the right ways in a world that was going all the wrong ways. In fact, if we look at the story, Noah and his family were on the boat in isolation for about a year in total. What does that tell us about our situation today? Well, maybe it tells us we should have stocked up on animals. Who knows? But it does tell us that God is still with us. It does tell us that there is still hope. It tells us we can still fix our eyes on God. And it tells us that we can still be saved if we turn to the solution that is Jesus. I want to finish this morning by saying that Noah wasn't perfect. You might hear this story and think, well, Noah was good. He was a man of integrity. He did everything that God commanded him. And we might look at that and think it's too hard to be a hero. It's too difficult to reach that status. But actually, Noah still made mistakes. Many of the heroes in the Bible still made massive mistakes. If you carry on to the end of the Noah story, one that isn't mentioned an awful lot in the children's stories and in the children's songs is the last part of chapter nine, where it sees him planting the first ever vineyard. He gets drunk on his own homemade wine. 
He then embarrasses himself in front of his children while naked and actually curses his son and his son's offsprings. That doesn't sound like a man who is always good, does it? But God was still with him and he still commended as a hero because he followed God's instructions where possible. He doesn't cover himself in glory. In fact, in that story, he was starkers, so he didn't cover himself at all. You see, the problem with humanity isn't COVID-19. The problem with us isn't other people. The problem with our world isn't God not acting because he does and he is. But the problem with our world is sin. And it's right at the centre of us ever since Adam and just causes us to mess up time and time again. In fact, the middle letter of the word sin is I. Right in the heart of the word, it's I, me. I am often the problem. My selfishness, my desires above everything else. But thankfully, there is a cure. Jesus took our sin to the cross and defeated it in the grave. If you don't know Jesus today and want to know the hope and help that he brings, then please message us via our Facebook page or speak to somebody you know and trust who comes to our church and we can help you start your life's journey with him. There are people who really stand out in our church who are different for the right reasons. They're not perfect. In fact, many of them are far from it. But with all of them, their lives have changed because Jesus lives in them and walks with them. They aren't perfect, but they know someone who is. To be a hero, we just need to follow God's instructions. We need to choose to listen to his voice and we need to choose the right paths to be on. And we need to believe that he is the truth, even if we don't understand every single part of it. We're never going to understand everything about God because he is so big. But we can be sure of hope. We can be certain of the saviour and we can follow God's instruction. Faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we don't see. Noah did what God commanded. He was certain that God was in this. Let's be heroes. Let's follow God's way. Why? Because it's the best. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word and I thank you for the lessons we can learn from these heroes of faith. I pray, Lord, that we will put them into practice, that we will follow your instructions to the letter, to live our lives with you, to look to you. And Father God, help us to see the things we need to put down and put aside. Father, I pray for anyone watching this who doesn't know Jesus for themselves. And I pray, Lord, that today they will ask Jesus if they can get into the boat with him. Father, I pray that today will be the beginning of a day when they walk in step with Jesus. They won't be perfect, but Father God, they will be yours. And I pray, Lord, that people will not be scared to reach out and ask how they become part of your family. So, Father God, today I ask that your word will return not empty, but filled with the fruit of your promise. Father God, I pray for each one of us in lockdown. I pray for those who are struggling with isolation. I pray, Lord, that they will know your presence with them as they go through this time, just like Noah, who spent time in isolation, and yet he still followed your instructions and he was known as a hero. Father God, help us to be people, to be men, to be women and children of faith and being sure of the saviour that is Jesus. In your name, amen. Thanks for watching today. Thanks for being with us. We've got loads of things going on throughout the week. Check out our Facebook page. 
sign up with our newsletter for a bulletin that you get each week with what's going on, uh, join in with the devotionals, join in with the worship. We've got Zoom worship tonight at seven o'clock. If you want to join in with that, message us. If you've been before, it's the same code, same password as we've used last week. So please come just for a short time of, of praise, prayer, and a little bit of a thought from somebody. But have a great day, have a great week. And if there's anything we can do to help you, please contact us via Facebook or via email through the website. Have a fantastic Sunday and we'll see you through the week. God bless. Bye now.